Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, SOS, the Sanar Software Podcast. Today, we have a couple of guests on the podcast. We have Samson Gotti. Hello. <laughs> Hi. And Wipul Gupta. Did I pronounce both your names correctly? Yeah. Cool. Yep. Hi, hi everyone. <laughs> and we also have me, uh, Richard Litauer, and Pia Mancini from Open Collective. Hi, so folks. I figure as as a start, let's go through and introduce ourselves, Samson and Wipul. If you want to say who you are in a couple sentences or a minute or so, and what what you're what you're here for. Okay, so um, my name is Samson Gadi. I'm from um, a city called Potakot in Nigeria. My beloved open source part of the Sugar Labs community as a member and also um, one of the oversight board. I'm currently working to, um, you know, distribute and educate people about open source through a community that I'm creating called the Open Source Community Africa. So um, basically everything about open source, scratch and educating. And I also love teaching kids. That's everything about me. Awesome. With Paul? Hi, I am from a place called New Delhi from India. And I have been a part of Sugar Labs for over a year now um we are working towards outreach how we can raise awareness towards increasing the scope of sugar labs what all services do we offer for we recently had our talk in pycon us as well as pycon singapore and my home country i am uh, the co-organizer for a community called pi delhi and i've been working towards a lot with python software foundation and a small community of my own called alias so we can talk about that awesome Pia, do you want you want to say anything, or are we already introduced? You think? You think people know who yeah. we are? Yeah, no, just hi everyone. It's really nice to have you guys. I enjoyed meeting you at Sustain last year in the UK. Um, so I've been a lot in touch with Samsung lately about Oscar. So uh, I'm excited to share news about that, and then we will learn more about what you're doing. Um, and to everyone out in the wild, thank you for listening. Awesome. So you two, uh, Samson and Wipul, you met at Sustain, right? Yep. Yes, for the first time. Yes, we did for the first time. That's awesome. Sustain, um, for those of you listening, was the second conference we had for sustaining open source software. Uh, it was hosted in London last October. It was basically free form. It was one day uh, with a lot of industry players figuring out how we can figure out how we can sustain open source in the long term. It was really cool to have Samson and Wipul there because most people came from America or from Western Europe and having voices from other parts of the world is awesome. Samson, do you want to talk a bit about what OSCA is? Um, so the Open Source Community Africa um, was actually the aim to, um, you know, create awareness about open source and then try to identify some of the tools by connecting people that are willing to contribute, give back or to just get general knowledge of the um, the term open source because I think it's more of I think most people kind of misunderstand what the what the word open source is. Some people think it's more of like you know, you know it's like a place where people do free stuff. Some people just think it's more like a license. So just like a, like a lot of things that are you know has been the, like a very big question. And it actually came out as a result of the first time that I left the country. You know, in 2017, uh, I went to the mentors for meet uh, of Google Summer of Code at Google headquarters in Mountain View. So at the first time I was there, uh, there was like, you know, a few Africans. I would say like, I think it's actually two Africans out of like 300 people in the, the, the summit. So I was like, okay, I think it's time for me to change some things. And then I came back home and um, talked to some folks down in my city. I was like, hey, how about to do something that will, you know, bridge the gap between, you know, people living in Africa uh, because, you know, a lot of people in Africa are doing software development, basically 
bigger things, you know, like the new, new Black Panther movie, you know, show how Wakanda and all that kind of stuff. So it's like more like the, the general idea, you know, trying to build the next billion creators, you know, Wakanda forever anyways. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yes. so basically that's, that's how um, Oscar started. And um, ever since we, we kicked out as our first event we did, that I think that was in early 2018. We hosted a boot camp in one um, university. We, had, we got over about 300 students, and then I was like, "Oh, what about we, you know, talk to some people, try to do in different um, different cities across Africa?" So yes, we have right now we have about give or take like seven cities in in Nigeria alone, and then um, currently in three other African countries, and we're actually still taking on you know growing bigger. So, but the awesome thing about um, Oscar um, in the last one year. Oh, almost one year now, like six months, more of six months than one year, was when I, I went to Sustain in October, which was pretty awesome, man. I'm actually looking forward to the next Sustain anyways. So um, I met with Pia. I was like, hey, this is a project I'm working on. Um, we're actually having some issues, you know, receiving money from corporate body, individuals that are you know, willing to donate money to make sure the, the, the mission grows. You know, Pia was like, hey, okay, you know what? You know, let's talk about this. And then, you know, we started the conversation and then, yeah, we, you know, we became collective on the collective platform. And I think we are actually doing a really awesome job right now. You are indeed. I was just looking at it. You guys have raised already. Uh, you um, have an, roughly, yeah, 2,500. And then you are set up for an estimated budget of 3,200. And that's just on the main collective. I'm not sure how you're going on your events. But yeah. super cool. Yeah, yeah. That the, the way we try to sustain that money is to okay. So one of one of the the idea behind the chapters because the chapters because honestly speaking, if we want to you know try to sponsor hundred percent of the chapters, we're actually going to go broke you know in like a week or so because um, like for example the city I wanted to do which is Portaco the city I was looking to actually the events place I wanted to you know collaborate with to host the Oscar Portaco meetup was actually asking me for you know, roughly five to six hundred dollars, which was kind of funny uh, because, you know, we came in the approach of, you know, making collaboration and partnership anyways to, you know, introduce them to like things like the open collective bounties that would, you know, encourage their, you know, people staying in the hub to, you know, take advantage of the tools. But, you know, so some cities in Africa is quite expensive, you know, doing technology and the city I, have, I live in happens to be, if not the most expensive city to do meetups because it's very hard to talk to people, to give space for free, especially when you're talking about things like open source, right? So that's why I think Oscar is important to not just talk to corporate bodies or individuals, but to make sure we have like a, a very good ecosystem of um, the real definition of open source enough for people to know how important it is to, you know, see the value so we could get, you know, space for free, for example, you know? So that's um, really kind of, you know, interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. So uh, Oscar... For those of you listening and want to follow along, there's no R. It's O-S-C-A-Frica. So O-S-C-Africa.org if you want to find out more about that. And you say it's mainly in Nigeria, but Nigeria is only one of many countries in Africa. What other countries have uh, you involved? I won't say mainly on Nigeria because uh, one of the conversations, the, the earlier conversation with Pierre, actually I've been talking to Josh Simmons. Uh, he used to work at Google um, as a open source a program manager of open source outreach. I think now as a is it uh, Salesforce, I think. So he is part of the um, open source initiative, part of the board, anyways. So I've been constantly um, for the past six months, no, about a year now, talking to him on how we could, you know, uh, make Oscar as a member project for 
OSI because um, that would make it more central. Because you know, one of the one of the struggle doing things in Africa for Africans and for everybody in Africa is to try not to make it a country specific because then it becomes that country's you know stuff. You know, so every time I keep telling people, okay, just because most of the team here are based in Nigeria doesn't make it a Nigerian thing, right? So that's why I didn't even want to even buy the idea of making it a nonprofit. And then registered it in Nigeria, so I decided to go and opt to Open Collective, which is a brilliant idea, you know, in my opinion. And I guess um, Pia will um, perfectly um, agree on that part. Aside from Nigeria, we we have um, somebody from Sierra Leone. We actually still discussed with the person to create the first meetup there. We have in Uganda. We have in Kenya. In fact, Kenyan meetup is coming up by 13th. That is next Saturday. So Nairobi, Kenya. We're actually you know, still discussing how to make everything okay. And um, in Uganda, um, which should be August 23, two other African countries that I'm, I, I'm not exactly sure the name. I'll just have to look forward on that part. So we, we actually, aside from Nigeria, we are in about three to four African countries, if my memory is right. And at the same time, I'm currently discussing with somebody in Tanzania, South Africa, Morocco, and um, I think um, Tunisia to see by the end of the year, my goal for the end of the year is to try to make sure that Oscar is, should be in at least 10 countries in Africa and more than um, 20 cities in Africa. Yeah. That is an awesome goal. Thank you so much. That's so cool to hear. Yeah. Do you have any idea how many developers currently are, are in Africa who work on open source? I would say a lot. Um, <laughs> um, so that's the thing, you know, so sometimes I, I fought the open source communities, you know, mostly the ones in, in North America. Because, you know, like, for example, trying to do meetups, you know, in the U.S. in the sense, you know, you get issues with visa, um, you know, these guys don't actually come down. And sometimes they come with a funny name on GitHub. You don't necessarily know who they are because you don't really take, you know, surveys to know where exactly are these people coming from. Like, for example, I have a team of five people that actively contribute to open source. Um, mm. One is actually doing code right now. Yeah. So um, when I was I was um, speaking with him, I was like, hey, uh, there's a lot of people here in Africa that wants to do Google Sum of Code, but for some reason, because of the, the way the Google Sum of Code is being, the time frame of the Google Sum of Code, it sort of, you know, clashes with some students' calendar, you know, the school year, because school year in Africa is a bit different from the U.S., and I think some of code is more, you know, accommodative to, you know, maybe mostly in, in North and Europe than Africa. So, you know, those are like, you know, one of the things that I think should be, you know, looking to the play. But people actively come and contribute to open source that are PyCon at different um, African countries and then um, doing awesome job. Recently, there was a, there's a guy actually called Prosper that um, in 2016, uh, Prosper Temuiwa, that's his um, full name. Um, he goes by Unicode Developer on Twitter. He actually took, he was ahead of Google and Facebook in terms of high numbers of commits on GitHub, that was in 2016. Then I think that year he became a Google developers expert on, um, I think on, on web or so. All of awesome people down here do great job, but we don't get to see them mostly because it's very hard to travel. Traveling from Nigeria to the States costs more than traveling from the States to Nigeria, right? It's, 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 it's so crazy. It's really, really expensive. Recently, I wanted to go to Kenya, one of our meetups, and I just checked the ticket from Nigeria to Kenya is about $1,000, and that is even less than three hours flight. And it's Kenya, right? It's, it's not um, the US where it's like a longer flight, you know, it makes more sense to pay $1,000. So I think that's, that's, you know, in terms of the collaborative aspect of it, I think, yes, Africans need to do a lot because that's one way, you know, people in the States or people in Europe or Asia get to know 
uh, who actually, you know, contribute, you know, to open source. That is awesome. Thank you for that. I was wondering, you, you, you talked about bounties. So can you chat a little bit about that? Like how you're using it and what's the goal of setting bounties for your meetups? Okay, so the reason why I, I think firstly the idea behind bounty programs in Open Collective is pretty brilliant. In fact, I'm actually discussing with my team, um, the Sugar Labs community, to take the same approach, you know, from Open Collective because I think it's a really awesome idea. Now, the reason why I, are we opting to bring in bounties to our meetups is because again, people misunderstand the word open source. Sometimes people don't actually know there's actually jobs centered around open source, right? You get paid to work on open source, you, you get to become program manager for one corporate body to do licensing, you know, like numerous of jobs out there. So, but again, if you pay attention, I think recently Google, uh, GitHub made a list of fastest growing countries in people using GitHub and Nigeria happens to be toward uh, in that list, I think. Yeah, so that, that makes sure, that, that, that actually is already sending a message that people here are actually doing a lot. So now the reason why we decided to bring the bounties to our meetups is to make sure that people, not just because of the money anyways, but because to put themselves out there, you know, people want to learn, you know, how, how do I get a job abroad? But you can't get a job abroad when you don't really know how the work environment is being placed on, you know, open source is the, is the best way for you to know on, you know, let's say, for example, how to get a job at Open Collective or how to get a job at Google. You know, these companies, you know, release softwares or, um, or projects on GitHub and you get to collaborate. And that the awesome thing is, you know, the thing about open source is sometimes you get reached out like, hey, do you want a job? You know, I, I have numerous of friends that have jobs because of GitHub, right? So there's thousands of people out there writing codes, which I think that is even one of the reasons why we wanted to bring this idea. So we have this huge surge of people coming to open source projects because there's a lot of people writing codes, JavaScript, Python, PHP, you know, numerous programming language out there. But for some reason, they don't really get the idea on why they need to see that on the computer and then go into GitHub or GitLab or any um, services that promote collaboration on open source, right? So that is one of the um, um, conversations I've been you know, primarily discussing in Open Collective to see how we could partner with them to get, you know, some issues which are placed like the bounces program from Open Collective that are, I think, $100. Then some, some of the projects is about $300. But it aims to bring in these bounties down to the city um, across Africa. And then with the aim to introduce larger bounties. So that, that is like in the, basically the idea behind what, what we're actually working on right now, which our next three meetups, which is going to be in Port Harcourt, Lagos, and then Nairobi is actually focusing on Cool. Thank you. I'm so excited about this collaboration that we have going on um, with the bounties. For us, like finding, and I think it was absolutely through you after we met at Sustain, but, or I don't know, like, you know, the, the relationship that we built, but we started seeing an open collective, a lot of folks from Nigeria and Kenya contributing and starting to um, claim the bounties that we're putting. And so this idea of setting up, we, we set aside I think a group of 10 bounties or, or something like that for the first meetup that are kind of easy in the kind of lower range. And the idea is like once, because of the Open Collective Bounty Program, like you need to start by doing a small bounty before you can claim a big one. And so the idea is to help like all of these folks already have that kind of first bounty done and merge by 
IR team. And so then in the future, if they want to claim larger bounties, we even have, we, we go all the way up to $1,500 um, bounties and uh, that are proper features. You know, we want, we want to help folks grow towards that. And so, so this is one of the, the ways we're thinking about it. And yeah, super exciting. Rich, I think you had a question. Yeah. So Samson, thank you so much. That's super interesting. Uh, you mentioned PyCon and that reminds me of Whipple. Whipple, do you have a, a, a similar story in India where you have a lot of developers, but it's hard to break out? And what are you, what are you doing there? What's, what's going on? So if I like to talk about how India is doing about in this open source and how our communities are helping out, we have a similar story. As in Samsung and I were discussing in, at the time of MOSFEST, I guess, uh, at the time of Sustain, as in how we have similarities and dissimilarities between people are not uh, familiar about the word open source, as in they either have different meanings for it or they're not perfectly clear as to what to do. And similar questions as well, like many people in our communities also have the question of how do I get jobs abroad or how do I get this particular skill? And one of the most... Um, frequent questions that I usually get is how do I start contributing and uh, to keep on asking or to keep on answering these questions is what it means to actually progress as in to get more beginners into a project or get more people involved and that's also something we were discussing at Sustain as to how to get in new contributors into projects into new communities and focus on them staying how to make them stay, how to keep on the contribution flow. So for that, I have been involved in about two initiatives. These are like twofold, I guess. One is what I run as a small community in my university. And that is a university-based open source communities that I've been coming up with. One is Alias. And what Alias is, is a small community of developers who want to contribute or who want to learn new softwares, new technologies by sharing them themselves. As in, someone builds a project and if we can motivate them to maybe put out the source, make the source code open source and how they can improve that or how they can learn from others. So we motivate our members or all of them are students. Uh, maybe they are freshmen who are joining us or even finally are students who can join us and everyone is invited. And uh, we have peer sessions in which one person shares what he learned through the week, through the project that he's doing. We have several programs and initiatives like Kickstarters. These are several meetups like Samsung. Is, uh, Samsung has a very big process, uh, but we are uh, trying to start small because in India, the problems are same, but the uh, developers, as I, as I was reading the Stack Overflows developer surveys, most developers from India that come out was from a bachelor's degree. So like people are getting the necessary education, whatever education that is. And the quality is not the same. But what we would like to see that at least everyone that gets out of college knows about open source, has a GitHub profile that you can show for or you can show your credibility with. Because in this time where a company will actually hire you as a good factor, I think um, everyone checks out GitHub profiles. And with Alias, what we are trying to do is at least everyone from our college and everywhere we are now, from about the course of three years that we have been doing work, that everyone at least knows a particular language or particular skill set where they can get a job in. They have open source profiles and they have been contributing or become many of our uh, members that have been working quite well 
Some of them are maintainers at Debian. People have been working quite well in GSOC. This time, alias, from only alias, we have about nine students who are working in different projects. Sugar Labs was my start. And the inspiration comes from the fact that when I went, I was accepted into Sugar Labs uh, in 2018 as a GSOC student. There was no one else, as in people didn't even know about open source or I was doing something. And this is actually an opportunity for us, as in what, what Samson also uh, told about his regard, how he started. As in, if open source has been giving us a lot of opportunities, I get a lot of job offers as well as uh, opportunities to work. This podcast is what I have been receiving from open source, and it feels good to often give back to the community in whatever way we can. And Alias is one way. Other communities that we I contribute or volunteer for to organize meetups and uh, host events is PyDeli. So PyDeli is the Python meetup group for Python user group for New Delhi. And we have about 11,000 members now. We have been running meetups for every fortnight for about two years now. And people have been asking the same questions in that as well as in what is open source? How can I start? Because the trend is now setting in. There are developers who want to migrate or want to start with open source professional developers, like having five years experience, but have no sense of what open source is. That's the group that we are trying to help. With PyDeli, what we have is in one meter, we have dev sprints. And similar to code bounties, in dev sprints, what we have is we have several projects and all those uh, maintainers or mentors that we have in our network come together to have in one place. We set a meter venue, we set all the, we do the arrangements and maintainers actually guide uh, new contributors as to how to contribute. So we like to fix the problem of how to get new contributors involved in a project, how to get people working. And I think PyDeli and there are a lot of communities popping up now some non-profits, some doing very good work here in India. So the direction is, I think, quite well. We have also the conference that is now going on with PyCon India starting up. We are in the 11th iteration for it, and it's going to be huge, I guess. I've been working for it, and we can see a lot of volunteer efforts in open source, as well as maintainer, a lot of interest uh, from outside uh, companies like Google, Microsoft, LinkedIn even as in to promote and establish open source, how they can improve upon it. Um, you have a strong network of GDGs and DSCs with alias uh, as well. If I like, we have opened a new chapter in MIT University Lucknow. So in what I like to see as in, in the next two, three years, what my plan would be is to whosoever graduating from the college level, because in India, what we have is the scenario is everyone does college. The boot camps or developer boot camps are also coming up, but many of the computer science people who are interested often have a bachelor's degree. And what I wanted to concentrate on is how we can educate them on open source. As in, even if they're working on something that is proprietary, or even if their company is not, maybe they can start out in their companies of having new initiatives, see what we did in our community in Alias, and maybe you can follow up too. So we have been collaborating with some companies as well in Alias, where we hold up workshops, we hold up dev sprints, we hold up every Thursday meetups, where people just get along and try to learn uh, from each other, have a good environment. What we also focus on is 
how the communication can be done how you can work like like samsung was selling like someone does need a uh, job abroad but you need to have skills for it and one of the, the main skills is communication so we try to focus a lot on communication by motivating other students to talk about it to give talks at our meetups discuss what they have learned and that's about it awesome thank you that's really interesting that both of you seem to be focusing on getting jobs with open source open collective has sort of the opposite approach where it's it's making money with open source just so you can sustain the actual open source mm-hmm. element you're already doing pia I, i guess i have a question for you there's 1300 collectives um on open collective as far as i'm aware how many of them are coming from africa and india jeez i have no idea um so <laughs> so there are 1300 collectives uh, i mean 1200 collectives in open source only right then we have a bunch of other collectives in non open source verticals like or groups like citizen initiatives and climate fight groups that still doesn't answer your question i'm just actively making time so i can do a quick search That's okay. One of the reasons <laughs> I, I, I ask is because it's it's interesting that that both Samson and, and Weepul, both of you are focused on a couple of different things. So one of them is getting people together, having them share, learn what open source is, and hopefully find jobs and, and education in that area. But also both of you worked on, um, it's not called Scratch, what's it called? it's called Sugar Labs, which is more yeah. about learning how to code in the first place. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you describe what what Sugar Labs is then? As that was my impression of it. Yeah, so um Sugar Labs uh, you, you, are are you familiar with the One Laptop Per Child project, the OPC project? Let's pretend I'm not. What what is it? So every continent have a different perspective about what One Laptop Per Child is. So I know in the states it was like this uh, give one get one computer. I just like had yep. the hundred of computer. Yeah. So the software running on that machine uh, way back in you know, 2008 like 10 I guess is actually called Sugar OS. It's a desktop environment that is um, sort of uh, derived from the uh, norm interface so uh, runs with linux it's one of the um, of if you if actually check um, research or go to link, uh, the wiki entry of uh, linux linux you basically see it's one of the graphic user interface so sugar is just a, a linux distributed interface that is focused for the child's learning not necessarily um, focusing on um, learning how to code because that's the concept behind the sugar desktop the ability to make a kid get more creative and more of computational thinking because there's a lot of uh, research from uh, MIT like the, the, with the sign of people like Simon Papert, uh, Walter Bender, uh, Marvin Minsky and uh, Cynthia Solomon you know there's been like a lot of research the way kids can be able to learn while doing you know the approach of learning while doing which is a very big thing at MIT so basically the software which acts even one of the ways Unlike, um, I don't know about Vipo, but the way I got into open source, um, I've been around, I've been playing around open source for like roughly about eight years now because of Sugar, because the I was about um, eight, eight nine when I got the computer here in Nigeria, uh, it was running Sugar, anyways. So um, I spent like a year or two learning how to use um, Linux for the first time because my friends were actually using Windows, some rich kids were actually using you know, Mac OS and all that. So I actually was using that computer then I think 2 years after I joined the Sugarlabs community and ever since you know it's been like a very different approach so I think it's something that is kind of interesting it's a very interesting project to look at yeah I would also like to add about Sugarlabs for the time being of working as outreach lead trying to raise awareness for Sugarlabs Sugarlabs has also worked towards 
several new products and services like we are on five different platforms sugar on a stick sugar web sugarizer and a lot more growing and a lot more activities happening so if the people listening would like to contribute or would like to look out more for sugarlabs we will be adding a few links and it's sugarlabs.org so yeah yeah contribute, we will add in a link right now <laughs> Sugarlabs has been working a lot with, like like Samson said, um, we are truly based on Linux. It's a great software for kids, and we are trying to focus on several new initiatives right now. We are deployed. The Music Blocks software is deployed in Japan, Tokyo, as well as Sugarizer has been deployed in some schools in France. And we are trying to get awareness through it, uh, giving talks and like Samson and some people from Sugarlabs represented uh, the community in PyCon UK, Ikra. Gave a talk in PyCon Singapore, so we are trying to get everyone along, so that Chugalabs can progress or can build through a network of contributors and supporters who can take it forward. Yeah, I think everyone listening can check it out. So that's that's really cool. Um, one of the things I often note when looking at areas that are developing open source and learning what open source is and how to do it, for instance, in Nigeria or in India, is that there's this, a couple of people who always stand out, who are always founding these initiatives and, you know, founding things like Oscar, which is super cool. But there can only be, you know, one founder or a small community there. But what, you, what you're saying is that with Sugar Labs, you can also learn how to code as a kid. And then from that, maybe you can add stuff on GitHub, get involved with Sugar, and maybe get a job as well working in open source without necessarily needing to found the next new community. Richard, I would like to answer this. A bit of a discussion here is about focusing more and more communities. I think somewhat we are going in a phase that there are too many communities to choose from. And yeah, I think um, Sugar Labs comes as a solution, probably, in which we, as a student, if I am just starting out in open source, there is just too much information to go through in one go. And you have to learn a lot. Uh, the learning curve is a bit high. But I think we can, with Sugar Labs and with several new organizations that are coming up, I think we can start by one step at a time with communities at a local level, then people contributing to projects that they think they can. Maybe someone has a skill set of Python, someone has a skill set with JavaScript. They can contribute there. They can get their skills polished, uh, build their profile, build their interest. I think interest matters a lot, as in what field do you want to go after college? Maybe it's machine learning, maybe it's full-stack development, maybe it's DevOps. And I think open source helps quite a lot with that. Um, so maybe a bit of a answer. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I, I guess an, another way of, of framing this discussion would be to say that to be, be an open source developer, you have to have a few things. You have to have the skills necessary, which you can learn using Sugar, and you can learn on GitHub, and you can you know keep coding. And there's a lot to learn, and there's it's way too much for anyone to do it. But if you're focused on one area, then you can basically go forth and learn skills. Another thing you need is, is a sense of community, like you're part of something. And so both of you are really actively in that space, trying to build spaces where people can join together in real time, physically in the same room and figure out what we're doing here and, and what is open source mean? And hey, how are you doing today? And you get to know friends and get to feel like you're part of something bigger than just yourself in a room. And then the other part of the equation that lit to our sustaining triangle, as I'm going to very pretentiously name it, would I guess be capital? So how, how do you go on and get a job to actually sustain this work in the long term? And how do you end up getting paid for this work? Um, a lot of the community building work, for instance, isn't paid because as Samson was saying, it's 
very hard to make sponsorships happen and figure out how to get money to run these meetups and events. But you are paid, hopefully, for your, self, for your open source work, or at least for the work you do at your company, which some of which hopefully can be open sourced. Does that make sense? That's the sort of the, the three things I'm thinking about in terms of how to develop a, an open source ethos in, in, a, in a place? Yeah, I would, I would also add something else that I think I've been thinking about a lot lately in the context of Open Collective that has to do with certification. Like most of these developers of in, in, in developing countries, they don't have access to the kind of traditional certification that developers in like the US or Western Europe have as in like universities or like, you know, some sort of, of something that proves their knowledge in a way that any company understands. And so something that I've been thinking about is how can we grow the ability for developers in, in India, in Africa, in Latin America to have access to some sort of certification that, that, that also kind of gives them a certain level of skill that it's, it's, it's um, transparent and it's, it's open and it's, it, it's like a standard. So I've been thinking a lot about like if from Open Collective there's a way where communities can certify their members somehow, right? Like if, if developers and contributors to a certain community, their community can say like, yes, these are folks that are validated by us. Like they, they've been through the onboarding, they've successfully make contributions whether that's code or not code because part of the problem of using of using github as your resume is that non-strict code contributions um, are not uh, valued and so we need to find ways of also including that so anyway so those are some of the thoughts that that i've been thinking about and and really thinking if open collective has a role to play there because if we can extend to folks like Samsung and Whipple and, and, and their communities like a way of for them to show their skills and for them to kind of signal a certain skill level to companies around the world. I think that, that there's a lot of value in that. And that's a huge challenge at the moment. I totally agree with you. Uh, that is a huge challenge. Certification is something I often forget because I use my GitHub you know, profile as my CV in a sense. The other day, someone asked me for a CV, and I just don't have one printed because I've been doing this for so long that it's just, that's my CV. It's like, well, what, what do you do on GitHub? I know a programmer in Seattle named Yegor Bugayenko. He's really interesting because he's a senior developer who actually goes back and gets certifications again and again. A lot of senior developers figure, well, I have a job. Great, I'm done. I don't need any more certifications. But he argues pretty, pretty interestingly that certifications actually help you grow a lot of ways because they make you do the tests that otherwise you wouldn't end up thinking about. Programming is kind of, it's a long career of edge cases. You end up fixing this edge case and that edge case and that edge case. And it's very hard to get a solid grounding, which is really useful for a lot of developers, and especially if they're able to show that grounding to other people. And one of the ways to do that is certifications. Whipple, you mentioned that a lot of developers... I truly agree on... Go ahead. Yeah, I truly agree on uh, Richard on that one with certifications and the person that you were talking about. Um, I think certifications do show a bit of credibility to the person. Uh, depth of as a recruiter, uh, as someone, I have been uh, into a little bit of recruiting. And what I would li also like to see in some candidates is some certification or not even certification as in a proper GitHub profile, some projects that you can show up of, uh, maybe I can read your code, or maybe some way I can see that you're still learning. And uh, like Richard said about the person going after more certifications is a good sign as in that shows that I think it's still learning. We are all learning in the process. And certificates are, certifications are truly a good 
good idea. So, yeah, if you like, maybe maybe we can collaborate there on that part because I am truly in for the certificate certificate process yeah. uh, so that community maybe get verified. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Like, so my my thinking is like, how can we help kind of the the, the open source collectives verified some of their core contributors in a way that mm-hmm. is sufficiently standardized for companies to find that as a signal, right? To read that signal. And so making it like a level standing point for all contributors, regardless of where, where they're from and what access to formal learning they have, because it's not, it's not about the skills mm-hmm. that they have. It's also the access to the spaces that are validating those skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so it's, it's, it's about thinking if we can figure out from open collective at least that this is where i'm standing but in general from my community from our community how we can help kind of a grow and develop a technical ta- uh, workforce in developing countries that has access to these jobs that are in the developing in the developed world uh, mostly at the moment and kind of cutting the the, the learning curve for many of these of these groups. Um, yeah, so that's where my thinking is and I would absolutely love to, to collaborate. So let's chat about that offline. <laughs> awesome. Does anyone else have anything else you want to you talk about today? How can we help? Like, what do you need? And um, how can the community help? How can listeners help? I think, I think as, as much as the best way to try to bridge this gap, uh, at least to try to make, you know, projects like Oscar or... The one um, Vipu is working on in um, India to make it more, should I say, successful in some way, or to you know make the idea more bigger is to support not just financially. I think financially is one just one step to do that, but in terms of you know recommend or trying to you know do put a safer community because as much as people don't know, Africa is the most diverse continent in the world. Using my country, for example, my country is, I don't know, I don't know if you guys actually know that, but we have about roughly 700 languages and 520 ethnic groups. So it's so super diverse for a country of 200 million people. So, you know, I kind of say the same for, you know, places like South Africa where they have a level official language, you know, which is, you know, quite funny. So there's a lot of diversity in the continent that even me as an African, you know, that sometimes I actually smile a lot when I hear Hey, you must be an African. Oh, okay. So uh, you're from Nigeria. That means you, you you must know somebody from Zambia. I was like, no, man, I can't do that. It's not possible <laughs> because you know. It, 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 <laughs> yeah. So it's it's funny, right? So uh, because we don't speak African, you know, we just everybody. Yeah. It's of sort of different, you know. It's it's it's, it's uh, a kind of funny way, which which I think is still it's more. F- I actually smile that it would you know, try to pick offense because it's more like a joke to me that it would try to make it an offense. So if companies, um, conferences that, you know, you know, trying to bring some of the conferences down here, for example, um, one of my discussions with um, Pierre, you know, irrespective of, you know, some certain problems that actually make some country, any country in Africa to be part of, uh, to be a destination for, Sustain Summit, you know, was because of the, you know, the LGBTQ community, which yeah. um, I think one African country, I think right recently an African country just sort of abolished that law. I think I have, I have to check which country is that. It has to be one of the countries in Eastern Africa. So those are the things that, you know, bringing conferences down here and, you know, stopping that issue of, you know, letting people travel down to the state, you know, 
America is not really everybody's you know, favorite destination right now because of it's harder to get a visa. I was lucky to get a visa um, right now. When I was coming back, this is like, a, like this is no joke. I, I was coming back from the state. The embassy in Nigeria lifted the rule, actually suspended the, the, the process of automatic renewal of the U.S. visa. So I have to go to the embassy again you know, to get my visa where it's just about a year ago, you just put your passport in um, DHL and they take it to the embassy and they just give you your visa. So, you know, it's becoming very complicated to travel these days, you know, especially when you're, you know, mostly from, you know, India or Nigeria in the sense. So it makes more sense for companies to start paying attention or corporate boards to start paying attention to, to the continents. Yeah. As an American, I apologize for my country's ridiculous visa policies. <laughs> so, <and> I agree with <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's worse. Like mine is even worse. Coming from, I don't think I'm in a position to say that the US is unfair because coming from a country where we only give seventeen countries, seventeen nationals visas, visa free. Anyways, seventeen out of hundred and ninety four countries, just seventeen can come to Nigeria visa free. So you know, it's 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 kind of worse down here than even in the state. But but again, the concept behind traveling to, for example, uh, sustain right. I actually have three friends aside me that wanted to you know join me to sustain. You know, they didn't get a visa. Not just America. Yeah. This is even in the UK. I remember that. You know, it was painful. Yeah, yeah it's it's it, it really mm-hmm. hard to the point that the guy had to you know apply for the second time and they see you know rejected the visa even though we applied for the same thing. What's really interesting is that so it's really hard to get visas, especially to the UK and the US. And these two countries together have a lot of the technical prowess in the world in the sense of how much money is going into tech and how much they're building their new economies around tech. At the same yeah. time, by, by making it difficult for developers from other parts of the world to come there and share in our knowledge, what they're doing is effectively opening up the playing field for other countries to step up. So I think we're going to see a lot more coders coming out of Africa who are brilliant coders in their own right who never had to go to the States. Um, and a yeah, lot more coming out of India, which is really, it's really exciting because Ideally, the world would not be centered around a single valley somewhere in Northern California, but rather yeah. be a place where everyone yeah. can get involved. Um, so I just want to say thank yeah. you both for, for being part of that effort of bringing up the rest of the world. That's the po- most positive spin I can give on the situation. So. Yeah, that was, good, that was a good try, Rich. That was a good try. Good effort. Yeah, I, I, I think there was a suggestion that was going on. I think actually France... France that actually made that rule that I think other countries should follow because it doesn't make sense to judge a software developer in the same category of somebody just coming for you know visiting because we still apply for the same visa type when necessarily yeah. we're not going for the same reason. You know, going to the state, you need to apply for the B1, B2 visa, which is the same thing for an ordinary um, traveler coming to you know visit one week. You know, you, you want to go for there's no conference visa, but in countries like France, in some countries. The other part of the world accommodate visas for specific people coming for a specific reason, not necessarily in general. You know, I think it's something countries should look into. I think the the visa situation is in the in the scenarios if you are talking about visa scenarios in India too. There is a very strong community of Indians in US now, and uh, yeah, the visa situation has tightened. And like Rich said, that if UK and US are tightening their visa laws. Some other company, co- countries are trying to benefit from it. And one of them uh, that I actually see a lot of my seniors or a lot of my professionals that I recruit from, many of them are going to Tokyo, many of them are going to Germany. And Germany is seeing a very mutual 
theoretical rise into tech jobs so with open source with tech jobs and many many companies are trying to open up their headquarters there so right uh, one suggestion was to meet up there 3 weeks ago <laughs> that's what i'm saying germany is like coming up very fast and very they're doing it all out um, they have several great boot camps where people from all over the world come in one of which i am going to as well it's called digital product school and uh, they're doing great work with ibm with the bmw uh, so it becomes quite attractive for developers to go to such places um, explore their opportunities and one of the suggestions that pia had the original question was is i think in india what we have is a lot of options for developers but people get often people that are new often get confused as there are a lot of choices to work from and they need mainly mentorship or some kind of a guidance system that can tell you like yeah out of 10 ways you can go into this one and be sure that you can come out a bit more sensible or bit more knowledgeable because there are a lot of courses there are a lot of certification there is a lot of communities lot of noise i guess but i think we can filter it out we can work hard and what our communities like samsung are doing is um, what alias always thinks about is we build we experiment faster and fail faster we experiment more and fail faster and that's what we are doing with initiatives if people keep on working hard i think we can work towards sustainable software sustainability our communities um, financial is one aspect that many many communities and many projects are still lagging on but i think we can work together to improve upon it and yeah uh, the entire shift into open source and you can see out news from google from many other companies who are jumping into open source microsoft has been doing quite a great work so yeah i think uh, we are into uh, a good form for the next couple of years with open source and let's see where that takes us awesome So let's let's end the conversation with that. I think that's a really hopeful upbeat view of the future, which is great. And thank you for letting us know how we could help. Now is uh, Eric's favorite part of the show. Uh Eric's not here, but basically we share three things we've been uh reading or thinking about or pretty much anything. This is the free form part. So Pia, do you have any any stuff you want to share today? Mm, I didn't think of anything today and I forgot to think during our conversation, which is usually <laughs> the case with me. But uh, I think I shared the kind of the, the, the you know what I've been thinking about for certifications of open source maintainers and how can open source communities provide their members with like some sort of validation or a seal of approval or however you want to call it, but a signal that helps companies recruit them in an easier way. So any anyway, a lot of my time has been thinking about that. and then maybe the other thing that I, i i wanted to share was on open collective we're thinking about our strategy and we're thinking about it in a very open way so we have an open issue going on about how we can move open collective forward so right now open collective is not making break even so we need to make a decision of like how we're going to get there anyway and it's really an invitation for anyone who's part of the open larger like open collective community to jump in and 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 think about it with us so you can find the strategy issue on github.com/opencollective/opencollective yeah we're in this together so we need to think about it together awesome thank you people you want to share anything so um like pia mentioned about uh, the great work she is doing with sustain and uh, with open collective I also keep on thinking as an 
about community, about open source, how we can do things better, how we can improve our approach methodology. I tried to go forward and release new initiatives, one of which was a blog. I think this is a very small approach to mine, as in some people have a bit of a communication lag in themselves, as in even if they are quite good, some people, but they cannot express themselves properly. That's why we are starting about with a blog and alias in all of the communities that we are in so that people can express more. I currently, if someone would like to read, uh, I am sending out a link. Uh, I am currently reading a book called Swipe to Unlock. I, I like it. Uh, I, I usually work a lot or focus a lot on outreach, growth hacking, product, I guess. I'm quite fascinated on products and how they are built. So with open, with the insight on open source that I have and some knowledge about product, I would like to merge and make some headway or some good breakthrough for the community as a whole for into that so that we can have some good, out, good, good products out there that focus on open source. So that's all. I'm coming into my final year, so I was thinking uh, of a job as well. So some insight in that. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to share what I have. So I wanted to share about the tyranny of structurelessness, which is an essay from the 1960s about feminist radical um, collectives. And it was mentioned at the ZCon 2 or ZCon 1 conference for um, a privacy cryptocurrency that I was at in Croatia. And I read this. It's a very short read. It's an absolutely fantastic article about how if you don't define the power structures in your collective or in your group, then basically what you have is the tyranny of the elites. Really helped me learn how some of the GitHub organizations I were I was in ended up being about in-person versus out-person dynamics. Really, really fascinating read if you're in any sort of group coding. I really suggest it. I also want to suggest the book Red Shirts by John Scalzi because it's hilarious. It's about uh, a universe where people realize they're in a Star Trek-like universe and everyone who's like an extra starts realizing that they die too often and then they realize that they're in a bad TV show and they need to fix it. Um, I really loved it. It won the Hugo. It won the Locus. Whipple also says plus 10 for Red Shirts. Uh, if you want a really, good, a really good fun read, <laughs> I opened it at 12 o'clock at night thinking I'd read a few pages before bed and then suddenly it was 5 a.m. and I finished it. So, so that's that kind of book. That's right. Samson, you got anything you want to share? Is it the, the three things? Yeah. The three red things? Okay, so I'm actually kind of hungry. And <laughs> yeah, I'm actually... <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you can show your three, your three favorite dishes, for example. Great, great, great. So if there's one thing that you don't want to comment in Africa, especially in the Western Africa, is to mention which country has the best jollof rice, right? So it's been a war that, you know, people have been fighting over for the past 50 years. So jollof rice is actually, actually Nigerian jollof rice is the best. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so anyways, um, um, you, you, can, you can actually find it anywhere in, this, in, in the world. Uh, I think some Nigerians, anywhere there's Nigerians, there's always Nigerian jollof. So I'm actually looking forward to do that. Um, also preparing to do some stuff for events tomorrow. And I'm actually thinking on seeing the net, this movie, um, John Wick. I haven't seen it since. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't seen it. I've been so busy. But I, I definitely have to look into that part. And thank you for mentioning Black Panther. I really got to go see that at some point. It's another film. Yeah, you need to, you need to go see that movie. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I would like to add something. As in, in the next sustainable, if we are all meeting, maybe Samsung can bring us some Nigerian jollof rice. 
That, that's if that's if the um, uh, the, uh, the the immigration officers want me to pass. <laughs> <laughs> but well, it actually depends on the city, anyways. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm very positive that you can find jollof rice from the UK. Of course, in the US, it's so easy to find that. And I'm, I'm I'm not exactly sure in India, but it's something that I'm kind of very positive that you can find almost everywhere in the world because Nigerians are like everywhere in the world. So, so, so we'll we try to see that. Uh, by the way, um, is, is there going to be like a sustain this year or are we looking next so, year? So there's a, we're, we're, we're releasing an email probably on Monday. We are, um, we did the draft today. So what we are going to be proposing to everyone for feedback really is like, we feel that doing one sustain again, like a centralized event this year, we wanted to experiment with doing like a week of sustained events around the world. So Whoa. enabling, yeah. So instead of like having all of these visa issues and folks traveling for so long and having, you know, so much carbon emissions and generating all of that, like we were thinking of maybe doing like a series of smaller sustained events in the same week around the world. And so each of us like running maybe like one sustained community event. And then, yeah, we're thinking about doing that. So if, if you want to kind of comment on that, um, we're, we're yeah, going to yeah, be opening, yeah, yeah we're going to yeah, be opening a thread on the discourse channel. But yeah, the idea is to release the branding for anyone, um, release uh, facilitating guidelines, release like um, the logos, one of the whole thing, and then kind of organizing all of that in in one week. So that's a proposal. It's it's unclear. It's just it's very hard for I think for us to. Um, do another sustain this year but if we can do that then maybe we can do another one the following year right so maybe we that that's the idea maybe decentralizing sustain for 2019 awesome look forward to it thank you so much everyone should jump on the discourse channel and yes for now this is the end of the podcast hope to see you next week all right thank you very much everybody thank you bye you bye bye Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.